0: you do not have to reveal completely and totally, all right? You know one of my issues. I said one. <laughs> one. Everybody say one. All right. You know one of them. But I want to talk about, um, I want to pick up where I left off, and, and I want to kind of deal with this. So what happens in the pool of temptation? I want to talk about what happens in the pool of temptation, because that's what we dealt with on Sunday, how temptation pulls you. So my first question for whoever wants to answer is, which pull gets you the most? The de- pull of distraction, the pull of detour, or the pull that de- tries to destroy you? Which pull pulls you the most? And if you're crazy enough to answer, why? Okay? So because I've unveiled myself, I'll start and be, and if you want to deal with that, you go to a microphone. So what pulls me the most? Um, I used to think mine was distraction when I came to find out it was actually detour. And why do I say that? Because pornography has a way of presenting itself that it pulls you completely in to the place where you forget time and space. So only the people in here that struggle with pornography is going to understand what I'm saying, but you could take pornography out and put whatever's yours in. Because what it does is it suspends for me this, this thing of time, that there is no time anymore. So. What started out as something that happened that would take five minutes (laughs) becomes an insatiable appetite where you gotta go to the the next video and the next video and the next video and the next video and the next video. And then you look around and an hour has passed by. So now it is detouring me from my purpose because there should be other things that I should be doing that I'm not doing. Does that make sense? Now, a lot of you might say distraction. Some of you might say detour. Some of you might say destroy. I say, for me, where I am with that one issue is is detour, because it pulls me away. I'll show you another way that it pulls me away. It pulls me away now because intimacy is no longer what I look for. Does that make sense? I made a sad mistake one time, and I told a preacher, he said, when are you going to get married? I said, I am married. I'm married to the church. He said, that's a bad wife, because she's very unfaithful. That wasn't the word he used, but I'm going to use that one she's very unfaithful and I said what do you mean by that he, he was like if that is where you want to find the level of intimacy from that you will always end up empty so I traded that for something else and the something else doesn't satisfy either because after the act is done I'm still sitting there by myself alone does that make sense Okay. alright so anybody y'all ain't, y'all ain't gonna talk tonight Oh, the ain't scared. Mm-hmm. Which pulls you the most? Distract, detour, or destroy? I preached it on Sunday. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm like, wait a minute, I preached the whole thing on Sunday. I went through all three. Because <laughs> you know what's funny? Before you talk, Every last person in here got temptations. Mm-hmm. And what I'm dealing with tonight is I'm going to deal with it in such a way that you're going to have to pull it back and face it. Because a lot of you have temptations that you have never faced. You just, deal, you just do it. You just fall into it. So we're going we gonna to go into it. Go ahead.
1: So I would say mine is distraction. Okay. Um, the issue has a tendency to govern my mind to where I can only focus on that, and then I totally forget about everything else. And uh, if I be honest, it makes me drop the ball in a lot of other areas because I'm distracted by this issue. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, okay, all right. Anybody else?
0: Amen, praise the Lord. Amen. For me, it's destruction. Okay.
2: Uh, Almost immediately, the, the moment that I choose a goal, I can see myself finding ways to break that or to, to ruin it or to mess it up or uh, just find a way to get out of it.
0: And, okay. And that will lead to like, procrastination other problems. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Here's my next question. I want you to hear this because I got a couple of questions before I go into teaching. In what ways are you making sure? that you are being led by the spirit in relation to your temptations? In what ways are you making sure that you are being led by the spirit in relation to your temptations? I'm not. Okay.
1: Because the honest answer is my temptation um, becomes a safety everything else fails where so you think so I think yes, yes. Um, there is sometimes it's like you when it feels like everything else is fleeting mm-hmm. and nothing is working nothing is happening nothing is changing it's like it's always there like it's like it never leaves and it's like a bumping you know a familiar friend yeah yeah a familiar fatal friend it is fatal <laughs> and you'd be on the altar crying. <laughs> yeah, Lord, I'm sorry, Jesus.
0: <laughs> All right. Anybody else? In what ways are you making sure that you are being led by the Spirit in relation to your temptations? Um, I would say the same thing. I'm
3: not, because I'm not asking for
0: help, because mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. That's why I like freedom, because y'all, y'all be honest. Praise the Lord with some of y'all. Um question. I preached this on Sunday. Have you identified your signature sin? When I said that, did that kind of like mess with you on Sunday when I talked about that signature sin? Because I don't think you look at it in those terms, right? You, you, you know, all sins are created equal. That's wonderful and that's great. But the reality is, you got a signature sin. I mean, you got one that you're really good at. Like you've mastered, PhD. Magnum Laude. I mean, you're good at it, hmm right. The last thing I ended on was talking about this. Have you developed new desires? And what does that look like? Have you developed new desires? Else, have you developed new desires? Okay, go ahead, Beverly. develop new desires? You mean simple desires? N- no. Uh-uh. Okay. So the whole point was, remember, it was, number one, was, if you're going to overcome temptation, you got to be, number one, led by the spirit, right? Number two, what was number two? You have to be, identify your signature sin, but number three was you have to develop new desires. So in order to overcome that, those temptations, have you developed new desires to overcome the temptations? question. It's going to be heavy, so I need you to think about this. Are there any areas of your life where you're living like you're above temptation? In other words, what blind spots are in your life?
3: My blind spot, honestly, is when it comes to, like, intimacy and physical, physical intimacy, like sex, because since I don't allow myself to get close to anyone, I don't have that problem, but I notice that when it's starting to get close to me, I can still feel it kind of creep back up, and so I pull back away. But I know that if I ever actually get close to someone, I will still fall into that temptation.
0: Gotcha. Did y'all follow that? Yeah. Okay. All right. That was good. Okay. Anybody else? Is there any area of your life where you're living like you're above temptation? Identify the blind spot in your life. So I give you mine. When it comes to pornography, I refuse to put a block on my own computer because I tell myself that ain't too, but that you know that ain't a big deal. So I'm trying to live like I'm above the temptation. Does that make sense? Okay. All right, what about you? Anybody else? Eating out. Okay. I won't look at my bank account. (laughs) 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 Yes, that is a very good one, yes. And so you sit there and you pull out the card like, "Hmm." yeah, yeah, okay, How how are you living like you're above temptation, the blind spot.
1: Yeah, just not looking at it, Mm -hmm. just ignoring it, but I know that's not good at the end.
0: Gotcha. Okay. J.B. First through the 15. Yep. <laughs> gotcha. Here's another question. I'm trying to get through these quickly. Do you see God as growing you when you struggle or causing you to struggle? Are you still struggling? Is God causing you to struggle?
2: In some ways, yes, some ways. no.
0: And what do you mean by that?
2: Meaning, like, my mouth. Cussology thing. I'm growing in that, so I don't cuss as much. Well, at least around y'all. I don't. (laughs) So, I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Be honest. This is freedom. (laughs) Yeah. At least around y'all, I don't use that kind of language. pushing the buttons, they're going to make me fly off at the mouth, and I got to repent for it later, and be on the altar about it later, so, <laughs> so that, like, that's one area I'm growing in,
0: and, I remember this church when y'all would refuse to come to the altar, I remember we used to have service, when nobody come to the altar, nah, I can't keep y'all off the altar, praise <laughs> the Lord, I ain't mad at it, that's fine, that's fine, so. all right, Leona?
3: Not the signature, right, right. Let me
0: tell you something about this, uh, asking God to remove the desire, especially like, let me just, because we got no kids in here. So you're like, I'm single, so Lord, remove my sexual desire and, you know, remove it. But you're going to need it, right? So (laughs) you want him to remove it and then turn around and give it back. God is not an Indian giver. He doesn't change his mind, (laughs) okay? Yes, sir.
4: struggle or suffer first and then grows you. For example, you don't know how to manage money until you get broke. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: To you, you're just like, eh, God is making me suffer, but now you need to get broke to understand how to manage $1,000. And then when you get that money, God grows you in that process because while you were broke, you're thinking of ways to, all right, if I get this money again, now you get this money next time. Unless you're really dumb. You're You'd just be like, amazed. Unless you're really dumb, you're just like, all right. Listen, hey.
0: <laughs> he over here talking about, he's so African, <laughs> you are really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> get Winchell after service, just get them after service.
4: <laughs> but when you get that money again, it's like, all right, I made this mistake before, I'm not going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Now that's God growing you, it's like, all right, I hope you've learned your lesson. And then if you mess it up again...
0: I got a next question, I got to move, I got to move. Show of hands, think about this question first. When it comes to your temptation, are you stronger on defense or offense? Think about it, and we're gonna do a show of hands, I need you to think about this. When it comes to your temptation, are you stronger on defense or offense? You said you think it's different for men and women? Here's the difference, uh, defense, defensive, or offense, okay, all right? Y'all, y'all see the difference now? So which one are you better at, defense or offense? If you're better at, at it defensively, uh, lift your hand, raise your hand, okay? Offensively, you don't know. Here we go. Let's go to teaching. I want to talk about keys to overcome temptation. Thank y'all for your honesty. I appreciate that so much. I want to talk about uh, keys uh, to overcome temptation. Uh, Giving in to temptation gets you stuck in a cycle. Here's the cycle. You ready for this? Good intentions, failure, then guilt. Then you go back to good intentions, failure, then guilt. Then you go back to good intentions, failure, and guilt all over again. And God does not want you to live in that cycle. And since we know that we are naughty by nature, look at your neighbor and say, you're naughty by nature. Naughty by nature. How, to win, how are we to win over persistent temptations that are in our lives? So let's talk about this. Whether it be anger, envy, gossip, impatience. God wants you to win over these temptations. So I want to give you nine biblical ways to overcome temptation, nine biblical ways to overcome temptation. I might not finish all this tonight. I might, if the Lord tell me to stop, I'll just stop. I, I have it all set up to where I'm supposed to talk about something every Wednesday night in this month, but I think with this I might take my time because this took me a long time to get through, and I might take my time with you all because it, it comes to a point where I need to stop. Um, and move forward. Joni, can you go to the printer? There was something on the printer that I printed. I forgot to bring it in here. Can you get that for me? Thank you. Uh, If I want victory over habits, I need to know, or victory over temptations, I need to know how to break the cycle, okay? So here's point number one. Write this down. We first need to understand how temptation works. We must understand how temptation works. You can't defeat temptation if you don't know how it works. Okay, The good part, here's the good part um, about Satan, if he got any good parts, is this, is that he doesn't have any new ideas. He uses the same thing over and over again. He'd be using the same thing forever. He does not have a new strategy. So we need to understand the predictable pattern that the enemy has in tempting you. Get your Bibles. Let's go to Genesis, the third chapter, Genesis 3, Verse number 1. Now I'm cold. Genesis 3, verse number 1. Genesis 3, verse number 1. All right? Let's go to Genesis 3, verse number 1. Very familiar text. I want you to see the pattern of how, what the enemy uses in order to tempt us. Genesis 3, verse number 1. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. Your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes, thank you, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate it. So I want to give you the pattern just from this text. I want to give you the pattern of how temptation works. Here's step one. It's on the screen. First, you have a wrong desire inside you. Bible says you are are drawn by your own evil lusts and desires. Why is this important? Because the devil didn't make you do it. There's something going on on the inside of you. There's an anger that's already there. There's a a disposition that's there. there. There is something that's happening. And watch this. It could be a wrong desire like envy, it could be gossip, it could be lust, it could be impatience, it could be wanting revenge. Those are all wrong desires, but let me blow your mind. Temptation can start with the right desire, a natural desire, a legitimate desire, but to fulfill it in a wrong way and at at the wrong time. Okay? You have a desire for food. You're hungry right now. But just because you have a desire for food don't mean you got to eat the whole bag. You have a desire for sex. You have a desire for sex. Wish y'all would sit up here and look at me like I'm crazy. But you could be trying to fulfill that desire at the wrong time. You have a desire to be loved. Nothing, nothing is wrong with any of those, those desires I just talked about. But when we go to have these desires met in the wrong way or at the wrong time, then it becomes temptation. James 1 verse number 14 and 15. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. I told somebody, I don't care how much you spent on the suit. If the suit is ugly, I'm not going to wear it because there has to be a desire there in order for me to want it watch this, and because you don't know you well, but the enemy knows you well, he knows just what you like. And he's going to send you just what you like in order to draw out of you what's already in you. So if tall, dark, and handsome is what you like, then the enemy knows to send tall, dark, and handsome at the wrong time to pull you out. Okay. Because it's in you. Look at your neighbor and say it's in you. temptation takes something that is, in, that is, watch this, sometimes temptation takes something that is routine in your life and turns it into a runaway. And all of a sudden, you can't think of anything else but that. And any desire that is out of control becomes destructive, good or bad. Everybody got that? Here's step two. Step two is you start to doubt God's word. You start to doubt God's word. What was step one? Step two, doubt God's word. Look what he said. Did God really say? That's what the enemy asked Eve. Did God really say? What is he trying to do? He's trying to get you to doubt the word of God. The enemy says this to you every day of your life. Did God really say? Did God really say don't have sex outside of marriage? Did God really say? And this is the this is the issue, and the the season and time that we live in, because so much is media driven. Now we are re-questioning what's already in the Word. I was looking at an interview today of Ti, and they on there, and Ti is trying to explain spiritual things. And I went down to the I don't know why I read comments. (laughs) I don't know why I read comments, because it sets me off every time. And I'm reading comments of people that are subscribing to what he said, and he ain't even nowhere near spiritual. Because now this is the time where the enemy is sending everything possible to change, to doubt the word of God. Satan is trying to get you to question God's word. Well, did he really say that? And then he substitute doubt with deception. Because once you start down it now I need to deceive you watch this step number three deception it's not a big deal pornography ain't that big of a deal I mean I'm you know just me myself and I I ain't gonna get nobody pregnant and you ain't gonna get no pictures of me that you can put on social media it's a lie it's a lie watch this Here's the revelation. God showed me this, this thing and it's messed me up. Behind every sin is a lie that I believe. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Behind every sin that I commit is a lie I believe. I'm just going to eat one more. I'm just going to go window shopping. Touch your neighbor say, another lie. So let me, tell you the question I, let me tell you the conversation I had in my head. So when it came to pornography, the lie was it's not that bad because at least I'm not out here sleeping around because sleeping around is fornication. And at least I'm not fornicating. You are believing a lie that is not true because you no, you no longer believe what God said but what Satan says. When you believe, watch this, I need you to hear this, when you believe I will make me more happy than God does, then I have just believed a lie. Mm -hmm. You want to know another lie? Everybody doing it. Everybody out here doing it. Everybody cuss. Everybody turned up. Everybody drink. Everybody get them some every now and again. Everybody, you know. I have just bought into the lie. And what what are we doing? We, We are trying to lessen how bad it is. Just bought into the lie. Here's step number four, disobedience. 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 What's step one? Step two. Step three. And step four. Disobedience, because what you believe you will conceive. Mm -hmm. This is why your belief system has to be shaped by the word of God. Not opinion, not self-help, not, not, and hear me, hear me, hear me, New Age Church, and not just positive affirmations. Because some of your positive affirmations are putting you in disobedience to God and you don't even realize it. I'm a boss. Pay your tithes. And you look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself how wonderful you are. And that's what the problem with the church. Because we are are telling ourselves how wonderful we are. And God has no room to come and fix what's really going on with us. Sometimes you need to look in the mirror and say, I am nasty. I am messed up. I need God. Because the more you can say that out loud and the more you can come to that realization, now God can kick in and say, let me come help you because you need some grace right through here. Come on, positive affirmation. You're going to positive your affirmation into hell. Your, shape, your, your thoughts have to be shaped by the word of God. So listen, he whooped me all day with this mess, so I'm going to whoop you tonight. Praise the Lord. Your thoughts have to be shaped by the word of God so that you are not hooked and defeated by your temptations. Okay? So point number one was what? The major point was you need to understand how temptation works. Here's point number two. Point number two. Know what makes you vulnerable. We talk about dealing with your temptation. Know what makes you vulnerable. Now, here's what we got all in common. We all have in common temptation. What we don't have all in common is vulnerability. Because what I'm vulnerable to may not be what you're vulnerable to. You get that? This is what makes it different for all of us. What makes you vulnerable to temptation and sin? What makes you give in? Ephesians 4, verse number 27. I'm trying to go quickly. Usually I have y'all turn, but it's on the screen. I need y'all to read this when you get home. It's on the screen. Ephesians 4, verse number 27. And do not give the devil a foothold. So because I'm one of these people that have to look up stuff, I want to know what foothold was. Right? Foothold, watch this, means a half-open door. Me and my, my, my siblings, we used to play this game back in the day where you, know, you would run around the house and then you go into the, to the room and you try to slam the door and close it before they can come in and you make sure you press against it so they don't come in, y'all know what I'm talking about? But the worst thing you could ever do is if you were slow enough, if I got a hand in there, because if I got a hand in there, you ain't closing this door today. Y'all don't, y'all don't know what I'm talking about? Okay, if I got a hand in there, you ain't closing this door and I had the potential to move you out of place. Right, That's what the enemy is doing with us. Because we keep leaving the door half open, he can put a little hand in there and get us off track. It's a half open door, it's place, it's room, it's opportunity for the enemy to come in and to watch this entice us with what we like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to meet with them, I'm just going to talk to them online. the tone of voice y'all looking at me in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got a question for y'all. Y'all can answer this out loud. What is the most common foothold Satan has in your life? Yeah, don't answer. Because what I'm getting ready to tell you is not your answer. Because what you thought was a sin. I got something even greater for you. You know how the devil gets a foothold on each and every one of us? It's very simple. Write this down. Negative emotions. So you was talking about drinking and cussing and sleeping around. No. Negative emotions. Because drinking, cussing, and sleeping around came from somewhere. Negative emotions. Watch this. Anytime you have negative emotions, you give Satan a foothold, and you are more vulnerable than any other time to temptation everybody turn to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, verse number 23, because this is a scripture that you need to get. Proverbs four, verse 23. You need to get this scripture right here. You need to soak up this scripture. Proverbs four, verse number 23. Proverbs four, verse number 23 says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. We too exposed. We too out there. This is why the enemy is having us having a field day. Our hearts are out there. No wonder you cuss everybody out as you're driving to work. Because you ain't guarded that heart. No wonder you can say negative things about everybody in your family so easily. It don't take much to set you off. I almost call this tonight triggered because that's where a lot of y'all at. You live in the zone of triggered because there's no guarding of your heart. No wonder you always apologize about the stuff you done said to people. Well, I didn't really mean that. Yes, you did. Because you never guarded your heart. Watch this. Your heart is the center of your emotions. To defeat temptation, you don't need to focus on the behavior Hear me. This is a deep revelation. To defeat temptation, you don't focus on your behavior. You want to identify the thoughts you are having and the feelings that come from those thoughts. Do I need to say that again? Okay. To defeat Temptation. You don't need to focus on the behavior. You need to identify the thoughts you are having and the feelings that come out of those thoughts. What thoughts are you having that makes you want to drink that much? What thoughts are you having that make you want to spend all your money? What thoughts are you having? That's where you need to start at. That's what you need to go to. And then watch this. After you recognize the thoughts, now you need to see what feelings are attached to those thoughts. Where does it send you? Is this too heavy for y'all? I'm, some of y'all look like a Mack truck already hit you. I ain't even got to point three. <laughs> watch this. It's not your behavior. Saints, stop focusing on your behavior. The church has taught you so much how to look at behavior, but nobody ever wants to deal with your mind. Nobody ever wants to deal with what you think about, because it's in the mind that you win. It's in the mind that you defeat the enemy. It's in the mind that you can conquer temptations. It's got to be in your mind, because your behavior is already done. You never notice how strong you get after your flesh is fulfilled? You missed what I just said. It's after the flesh is fulfilled that you say, I'll never do that again. (laughs) You strong after your flesh has been satisfied. Where was I'll never do that again when it was getting hot? What am I thinking about? The doubts and deception that is going to cause me to have the emotion that leads me to be hooked. Satan plays with your emotions every day of your life. Here's here's a revelation about the enemy. He's a master manipulator of your moods. Some of you ain't got no joy because he just manipulates your mood all day long. Because you have not guarded your heart. So the first time your boss says something a little cross to you because you live in offense. And you never guarded that in your heart. Then you walk around always upset and always mad. Do you see that? He tries to get certain emotions going to get you defeated. The behavior happens when the emotions have kicked in. So I don't need to worry about the behavior. Let's back up to these emotions. Where's that coming from? Why do I feel this way? Why why do I have to walk around like this? What's going on on the inside of me? Let's deal with that. Let's deal with the thought pattern. Watch this. You are far more vulnerable to temptation when you have certain emotions going on in your life. Sometimes Satan can tempt you, and not, and and sometimes Satan can tempt you, and you are not moved at all. Sometimes he can tempt you, you're not moved at all. Why? Because you are not not emotionally hooked. But when certain negative emotions start rising, you start getting set up for a downfall. So here's what I want to do. Bless God. We're gonna take a minute to do a heart check. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Come on, Amber. Come help me. Yeah, come on, April. Praise the Lord. We're going to do a heart check in here. We're going to do a spiritual EKG. Because we need to know where your heart is at. Praise the Lord. I get these to April. All right. I hope I got enough. I printed 40. I don't know how many people in here. Right? I need us to figure out where our heart is at. Don't fill nothing out until I give you instructions. Okay? We're going to walk through this together. Okay? I need, we need to see exactly where our heart is at. We need to do a heart check, okay? Now, let me preface this by saying this. Church people have a tendency to live in a victimization mentality. So when, I, when you answer this, you are not speaking from your victimization. Because a lot of times, church people have a tendency to always want to be the victim in everything that goes on in their life. And if you come from that mentality, every answer you put down is going to be awful. You hear what I'm saying? This is, this is, a, this is a difficult uh, thing for me to even talk about because a lot of times, especially in church, we surround our lives with so much doom and gloom that we can never assess where we're really at. And I'm going to talk about that as well, okay? Because that's a temptation on top of everything else. Y'all got to make some copies. Amen. They come in. They're going to make some copies for you. Everybody got one? Anybody didn't get one? Who need one? Amen. Uh Uh-uh, you can't share. Individual, individual, individual. Because your heart might not be her heart. Amen. Amen. All right. We good? Okay. Here we go. Here's what I need you to do. Listen to this. You need to know your current emotional status. So you're going to give yourself a number, zero to four. Zero being the negative side and four being the positive side. All right? Here we go. Am I more physically exhausted Or energetic and in shape? Energetic or in shape? Could you be energetic and not in shape? Yes. I'm just asking you a question. What's on the page? I don't think temptation is nowhere on that page, is it? No? Where are you? Adam, where are thou? All right, here we go. Number two. Am I more discouraged or pessimistic or encouraged and optimistic? Where are you on the Richter scale? Am I more bored and discontented or challenged and contented? Am I spiritually dry, empty, or spiritually growing? Am I more lonely, distant, or do I feel loved and close? Am I insecure, unsure of myself, or confident and secure? Am I deeply wounded, hurt, or understood, valued? Am I holding on to unforgiveness, or have I forgiven everyone? Am I sad or grieving, a loss, or feel happy? think it's the last one, right? Am I frustrated or fulfilled and productive? Okay, now total up your score. ready? Y'all in total? All right. Let's work this out. Here's what we don't see. When you mix several of these things together, no wonder why temptation is having its way. Watch this. You mix loneliness, frustration, and discouragement, it is a perfect mix for temptation and when you are the most vulnerable. So here we go, here's your totals. If you are between 35 and 40, you are in great emotional state, shape. If you are between 25 and 35, you are vulnerable and open to temptation. If you are 15 to 25, you're in extreme danger and set up for a fall. And if you are less than 15, you are in crisis and you need help, counseling, and therapy. here's what, here's the revelation, and this is what you need to understand. The more vulnerable you are emotionally, the more you will fall for temptation. That is the bottom line. That's why you did that. The more vulnerable you are emotionally, the more watch this, the more vulnerable you are emotionally, the more you will fall for temptation. So, here we go. Pornography for me became a way out when I felt alone Mm-hmm. because loneliness has a way of creating other things for you not to feel lonely okay the stronger you are emotionally the less you will fall for temptation yeah now let me tell you what the Lord said to me I was putting this together The Lord literally said this to me. So I need y'all to ride with me just for a minute because I know the church that I pastor, and this might offend some of y'all. I love you in Jesus' name, okay? Sometimes what we are calling depression is actually a result of I'm falling into temptation and having to deal with the consequences. So when you are in loneliness and insecurity and we and we fall to the temptation of destructive behavior, then the guilt we carry settles into our spirit and we call it depression. That was very heavy. So I need to rewind that all over again because this generation wants to give you a pill for everything and the reality is what is wearing you out is that you have not gotten yourself emotionally strong so what you do is you fall into temptation and then when you fall into temptation there's consequences and there's the guilt that you carry and while you're carrying the guilt then you turn around and say I'm depressed. No boo what happened was you didn't get yourself emotionally together and because of that you done fell into something that amazed you feel real awful and now the world wants to tell you depressed and God is saying no you got to get yourself together because temptation is wearing you out nobody wants to talk about the consequences of temptation nobody wants to deal with that nobody wants to say the reason I feel bad is because I'm walking around here always needing to be loved and because I'm needing to be loved Ain't nothing wrong with that desire, but I done turned it into something uh, demonic against myself. And now I let any and everybody in. And then when my heart gets broken, now I'm walking around saying how depressed I am. You're not depressed. It's just you didn't guard your heart. Woke not me out today. I had to get that off me. Because the Lord literally said to me, you sit up here crying, feeling sorry for yourself. He said, don't you know that's one of your temptations? You feeling sorry for yourself. Because mm-hmm. you're too open. you open. And if somebody ain't always, oh, you wonderful, you great, then the next thing you do, watch this, if, what rub my back, you wonderful. You're great. And when you stop doing it, oh, I got to find somebody else. <laughs> Thank you. And then when I wear her out, I got to go to somebody else. So now I have gone through a string of people and I look back at my body count and I'm depressed. I ain't depressed. My heart was too exposed. I think somebody fell out of the chair when I said that. Is this too real for y'all? I want you to be free. I need you to be free. Because don't nothing wear you out more than secret sin. Hear me, don't nothing wear you out more. Because now, watch this, with secret sin, you got to figure out who's looking. Watch this, I can't even rest good. Because my spirit is so restless because I'm worried about the secret sin that I don't don't know about. And while I will never say it in those words, that's what's going on. the root of it that is causing us, watch this, it's the root of not dealing with the negative emotions that's coming from us. So let me tie this all up together. Let me tie this all up together. Sometimes what we're grieving over ain't what somebody did to us. Sometimes what we're grieving over is poor choices. And until you deal with that, you will keep falling to the same temptation all over again. I made a bad choice. I need to figure out why I made that bad choice. I didn't just fall into debt. I made some bad choices. And I need to figure out what was it on the inside of me that said you had to keep on spending money you did not have. What was empty on the inside of me that drove me to that place? I need to deal with that because if I deal with that, then I can be free. But if I don't deal with that, all I'm going to do is come out of debt and get back into debt all over again. Read me my po- point. number one is what? The major point. Understand how temptation works. How temptation works. Number two. No. Here's number three. Number three, learn my pattern of temptation. I got to learn my pattern of temptation. Your temptation has a pattern. Lon- for me, loneliness, pornography. Feeling by myself, loneliness, pornography. I didn't get enough people this week to say I was a good preacher, feeling by myself, loneliness. Are y'all seeing this? Now, that's my pattern. What's yours? Because you didn't just cuss them out. What happened before that? How did we get to that place? You got on my nerves, I cussed you out. I got... I'm offended by everything. You got on my nerves. I cussed you out. Oh, no, let's pull that back. I got anger issues. So I live in offense. And you got on my nerves. So I cussed you out. And what we do as a fool is now we go to God and say, God, remove them. No wonder why they ain't left. Because God looking back at us tonight is saying, they ain't the one with the problem. You want to shout over that anger issue. It's getting, okay. We all have patterns. Let me go back to my message. We all have patterns, unique fingerprints, unique heartbeats, unique voices. But we also have patterns of temptation. There are things that tempt you that don't tempt other people. And there are things that don't tempt you that do tempt other people. All temptations are not created equal. What you like, I might not like. What I like, you may not like. Because if you can identify your pattern of temptation, then you can identify problems in advance so you can avoid situations that cause temptation. Uh, Proverbs, is on the screen, don't turn to it. Proverbs 14, verse number 8, the living Bible says this. The wise man looks ahead, the fool attempts to fool himself, and won't face facts. that one more time the wise man looks ahead the fool attempts to fool himself and won't face facts we have to face the facts of our own temptations we got to face it y'all we got to the fool watch this wants to rationalize their life I didn't make this up I got this from preacher. this thing bless me rationalize sometimes mean rationalize You not know we are masses of, of lying to ourselves? I'ma work out that day. I'm not gonna eat that. You know how you know it's a rational lie? You ready for this? You tell yourself you be, you tell yourself something you believe that nobody else would believe. Anybody ever came to you and they they talking to you looking at them like You know what's coming out of their mouth is a lie. But sometimes you can convince yourself of something that you know is a lie. He loved me. We need wisdom so we are self-aware of our own patterns. Saying no to temptation is learning to say no before you get to the place where where you can't say no to the temptation. Because there's a level you can get to where you just can't say no. So how do we understand the the pattern? Let's walk through this. How do we understand the pattern? So how do we uh, understand the pattern? Here we go. These are questions you must ask yourself. Think about this. Here's question number one, let's go. When am I most tempted? When am I most tempted? Friday night. When am I most tempted? When am I most tempted? What day of the week? What time of the day? Lunch? Late evening? when you're all alone, when are you most tempted? We try to go on a diet until about three o'clock in the afternoon, because something happened at three. Mm -hmm. Here's number two, where am I most tempted? Where am I most tempted? Is it at work? Is it in my kitchen where all the food is at? Is it on social media? Is it at my computer? Where am I most tempted? To thine own self be true. Think about you. Where are you most tempted at? Is it in the gym? Mm -hmm. Y'all ain't going to like this next one. Here we go. Let's go. Who is with me when I'm most tempted? Who's with me when I'm most tempted? fine until you get around them. Mm -hmm. Who is with me? Watch this. And sometimes it ain't somebody else. Sometimes it's when you're all alone. When you're the most tempted. Or is it when you are with other people and they draw you into temptation? You must understand that about yourself. I sitting real good by myself. I don't need a whole lot of other people to help me sin. And some of you the exact opposite you need a lot of other people to pull you to pull it out of you Mm -hmm. I have a friend of mine and we real petty like real petty like we need to be delivered for real and um, we fine until we get around each other and we can draw it say it just say it go ahead say it here's the next question What temporary benefit do I get if I give in? What temporary benefit do I get if I give in? Are y'all getting something from this? Why am I saying yes to this temptation? What is causing me to say yes? Does it give me comfort to say yes? Does it seem to give me relief? Does it, watch this, give me temporary excitement? Do you know some temptation can even give you a false sense of confidence? Yeah. What 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 benefit do I get out of that? Write this down. It's not on the screen. But Hebrews 11.25 says that, that there is pleasure in sin, but it's only for a moment. Don't you fool yourself. Uh, we would not fall into temptation if it wasn't so pleasurable. We like it. Oh, Lord took it out of my mouth. I don't even like it no more. That's a lie. You like your sin. And to say you don't like it is self-deception. You like it because you fall for it. So you must ask yourself, what is it that that I'm falling for? And watch this. You need to ask yourself, what is it that I'm falling for, and what is God's positive alternative for that? Because if you don't look at what's the alternative, you're just going to keep looking at what you're doing. Here's the next question. How do I feel right before I'm tempted? How do I feel right before I'm tempted? What is the feelings that are going on in my life that causes me to trip up? Is it frustration? Is it fear? Watch this. Maybe you bored. Anger? Loneliness? Here we go. Can't sleep? You need to know the emotional triggers in your life and what is making you so vulnerable. Because if you don't know that, you can never conquer your temptation. What makes you spend that money? Do you feel powerful when you see them numbers in that bank account? What feeling do you get? What comes over you? Where you at? Where your head at what you thinking about. Y'all, real quiet on me tonight. Are y'all thinking, Lord? I gotta give y'all some hope. I'm trying to, I was, I was gonna end it right here, but y'all look beat up. Jesus, ah. let me give you number four. Number four plan to avoid the, those situations. You got to plan to avoid those situations, the situation that bring you into temptation. You got to plan to avoid those situations. If you don't want to get stung, stay away from bees. I don't walk into a beehive if I'm allergic to bee stings. Some of y'all, you friends with bees. You're sleeping with a bee. Anyway. Ask your neighbor. Say, neighbor, have you been stung lately? (laughs) Proverbs 4, verse number 26 and 27, it's on the screen. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Mark out a straight path. One translation says, plan ahead a path for your feet. Everybody say, plan ahead. It means if you're serious about dieting, then you need to take a healthy snack with you to work. Everybody say, plan ahead. Because if you don't have a healthy snack, you will pick up that donut. I got any donut eaters in here? Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You got to plan ahead. And here's the crazy part. If you can do that with food, you can do that with anything else. You are struggling with alcohol, then you don't need to go to the bar to watch the game. Come on, you alcohol drinkers in here. I smell you in here. Yes, I do. You shot drinker, you. Don't put yourself in a position to fall into temptation. Now, we ain't going to your house. I'll meet you somewhere. Cuz it ain't even about what you going to do, it's where I know I'm at. I ain't got no real people right there. It's not about what they going to do, it's about where I know I'm at. And where I know I'm at, I'm a little hot. So let me meet you at Top Golf. It's a lot of people around. Bless God. Call me when you get home. Don't put yourself in a position to fall in temptation. Here we go. You need to block some people from your social media because the very look of them, the very thought of them, the very foolishness that they post, it sends you somewhere. So you need to just go ahead and put them on mute. There's some people you need to block from your phone. You got to plan ahead because the temptation ain't going nowhere. It's there, it is not going to leave. It's there. Now, Let me give you the other side of this. Sometimes, even if you plan ahead, you get hit by temptation. There's temptations you didn't even see coming. Now, I ain't see this on my radar. I was prayed up. (laughs) Maybe you have a problem with anger. Maybe you have a problem with impatience. And you say stuff that you really should not have said. And you could do the best planning. But if something happens unexpectedly, your temptation is to get angry and to start cussing. In that situation, ladies and gentlemen, you need emergency tactics. You need a a break here in case of something happens and pops off in your life. Because we live our life too unprotected, right? So we need something when temptation comes that we're not planning on, how do we handle what we didn't plan on, right? Like, it's almost like when you work with somebody who is generally a nice person, all of a sudden they're going off on you. And you're sitting there like, now how do I deal with this? Now, the one I don't like, I, f- I expect that from them, but I don't expect that from you. So where's this coming from? And the natural reaction is what I did to them, I'm going to do to you. Right? So what is, what, is, what is your emergency tactic? Number five, write this down. Cry out to God and quote scriptures. Cry out to God and quote scriptures. I'm being very practical with you tonight because I need you to have tools of how to deal with these temptations in your life. Cry out to God and quote scriptures. When you are in a tempting situation, you don't have time to have a long prayer and a long consecration period. Some stuff will hit you so fast, you ain't got time for no long prayer meeting. You need something quick. Sometimes all you got to do is pray one word, help. Now, what I noticed, I think Minister Wendichell said this, Jojo said this, that when the temptation comes, I, you know, I just you know, I just go with it. You know, I don't, I don't really think, I don't even pray about it. I think that's what you said. And the reality is, that's most of us, we don't pray about it. I get my computer out, I ain't praying about that. Why? Because I don't need God to shut that down. I'm beyond a place. Watch this. But the reality is that if you want to overcome temptation, you got to cry out to God. You got to say to God, that's not where I want to be. I'm about to do something stupid, and if, if, if you don't help me right now, especially when that adrenaline gets to running, you need to cry out to God for help. Mm-hmm. Somebody somebody, uh, put a den in your car? You need some emergency. <laughs> I said, do you want to be free? Uh, do y'all, y'all get me? Okay. Psalms 50 verse number 15 says this. Then call on me when you are in trouble and I will rescue you and you will give me glory. Do you see this? Then call on me when you are in trouble. Trouble. Here we go. You know the problem with a lot of us? We only call on him when we're in crisis. But we don't call on him when we're in trouble. He says, call on me when you're in trouble, and I will rescue you. Okay? Call on me. Call on God. Cry out to God for his assistance. I'm trying so hard to break this habit, and, Lord, I am crying out to you right now. This temptation is about to get the best of me. I need your help. Cry out to God for his assistance. When I Why cry out to God? Because he's sympathetic about my situation. When don't nobody else understand, God understands. When nobody else gets me, God gets me. Where do I get that from? Hebrews 4, verse number 15 through 16. Jesus understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings, another word for testing is temptations, we do, yet he did not sin. Verse number 16, so let us come boldly, that's the cry out to God, to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace. That word grace, you know what that literally means? The power to change. The reason we're not changing is because we ain't calling. The reason we're not changing is because we're not crying out to him to help us when we need it most. Jesus faced the same temptations we face. Now, it's hard for the saints to believe because you don't think, you know, in your 21st century self that the Lord in his first century self uh, uh, didn't, didn't didn't deal with the same things you dealt with. So let's just go, let's call the roll r- real quick. Did Jesus have to struggle with anger? So all the angry people, got you. Did Jesus have to deal with loneliness? This is going to mess you up real good. Did Jesus ever struggle with sex and sexuality? See, you don't read your Bible. The woman at the well. Yeah. What did you think was going on there? There's even some translations of when uh, Martha had let her, the woman with the issue had let her hair down, that when women let their hair down, that was something that could be interpreted as sexual. See, read your Bible. It's a lot of stuff in the Bible. Did Jesus get tempted by fatigue and get grouchy and impatient? Did he have to deal with that? Yes. He is God, but he is God in human flesh. He was tempted in the same way we are, but there is, watch this, there is no temptation that you uh, that you have that Jesus has not already experienced. He knows what it's like to be like us. He knows what it's like to re- retaliate, uh, to want to retaliate on the person that offended you. When are you going to betray me? Go ahead and do it. Do it quickly. He knows what it's like when when the cashier is rude and you want to be rude right back with them. He knows what it's like to be tempted by lust, to be tempted by impatience, to be tempted by fear. But the Bible says he never sinned. He was tempted, but he never sinned. And now he wants us to walk in the same power. And watch this. My point was what? That you need to cry out to God. But what was the rest of that point? You need to quote scripture. After you cry out to God, you need to remember God's word. Psalms 119 verse number 11, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The more Bible you get into your mind, the more defense you have against temptation. Let me say that again. The more Bible you have in your mind, the more defenses you have in your temptation against temptation. Uh, Because when you memorize the verse, when Satan tempts you, you can say that's not right because God's word says this. But you don't have nothing to fight with when the enemy is coming after you. Jesus was tempted by the devil, but Jesus defeated him by doing what? Throwing scripture right back at the devil. Here's what we didn't understand. Watch this. Do you know all, when Jesus was tempted by the the devil, remember he fasted 40 days? Okay. And the Bible says after the 40 days, then the devil tempted him, right? So he's weak, he's tired in his flesh. And the Bible says that the enemy comes at him, and Jesus then turns around and throws three scriptures right back at him. Here's the revelation. I'd never knew this before. All three of the scriptures he threw at the devil came from the book of Deuteronomy. Let me go even deeper. And then those three scriptures that came from the book of Deuteronomy were when God spoke to the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness. You missed the revelation. Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, and then he went and got him some scripture of when God spoke, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness. You need some word memorized, ready to use when your temptation comes. Now, here's my question. Take your temptation. What scripture do you have to fight with it? I was going to text you, Joni, and say, I need everybody in here to have an index card, but I'm just going to give this your homework. I need you to go home, Google it, do whatever you got to do, and type in whatever your temptation is and find a scripture that corresponds with that temptation. And you need to rememberize it. You need to memorize it. You need to get that so deep in you that every time the feeling comes up and the thoughts come up, you have something to fight with. That ain't positive affirmation, boo. Sorry. I'm sorry. I hate to mess with you. You have to have word to fight with. So when temptation temptation comes, to watch pornography, uh, uh, the Bible says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Because if I don't think about those things, I'm going to be thinking about something else. I need something I could fight with. Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. You got to have the word to fight with. And if you don't know the scripture to fight with, so if you got an anger problem, you need to find out what the Bible says about anger. If you got a lust problem, you need to find out what the Bible says about lust. Because that's the only way you're going to be able to fight your temptation. You got to cry out to God, and you got to have you a scripture. Here's what the Lord said to me. I hope you're ready for this. The Bible on your phone is worthless, but the Bible in your mind becomes a sword of the spirit. Thank you for going to your app. It did nothing for you because it ain't in your mind. But when you get it in your mind, it becomes the sword of the spirit. The, the, you, can't fight the, you can't fight the enemy without the sword. You need something to fight with. You need to get a scripture, and every morning you recite that thing. You get it so ingrained in you. You need more than just no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. Because what if the weapon is you? That blessed me. Let me go quickly. I'm finishing this. Number six, refocus my attention on something else. I must refocus my attention on something else. focus my attention on something else. We've been taught that when you are tempted to resist temptation, let me bless you real good right there, the Bible never says resist temptation. <laughs> it says resist the devil. It never says resist temptation. Why? Because whatever you resist persists. Anything you resist, you focus on. Mm-hmm. Whatever has your attention has you. It captures you your mind on it can I prove it to you I sure would like something to eat right now I'm a little hungry now some of y'all a little hungry because I just put your mind on it you ready for another one trying to hold their mouth. <laughs> you weren't even thinking about it until I did it. So here's the key. What I need to do, go ahead and let that yawn out. Whatever I need to do, <laughs> what I need to do is turn away and look at something else. You got to break the focus. You got to break the attention. If you just focus on the behavior, focus, focus on the behavior, after why you're going to do it. You got to focus, turn your mind on something else. Romans 12 verse 21 says this. Do not... Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You can't say, I need to stop smoking while you got the cigarette in your hand. Mm -hmm. You can't say, I'm going to quit them while you're in their car. I ain't got no—listen— I wish y'all would play this game with me on tonight. I, would, I really wish y'all would and act like I'm the only one and, like, you don't know what I'm talking about when I just said that. It's too late. You need to refocus your attention. Focus on what you don't want. Watch this. You, you're focused on what you don't want. If your mind is full of good thoughts, you don't have any room for tempting thoughts because your mind, your temptation starts in your mind. Let me tell you, show you how this goes. Write this down. I'm trying to go quickly. Attention, arousal, action. I could have preached this on Sunday. Attention, arousal, arousal, and then action. That's how that works. You put your attention on it. You get aroused by it, and then you go into action. Mm -hmm. You weren't thinking about that ice cream until you looked at it, and it arose something on the inside of you. Mm-hmm. Your taste buds went into action. You were tasting it, and you did not even in your mouth. Mm-hmm. You knew that creamy goodness anyway. It aroused you. And then what happens? I got to eat. Somebody give me a spoon. I'm going to eat this whole tub by myself. Mm-hmm. You want to stop any bad habit in your life? You don't want to stop the action. You want to stop the attention and the arousal. Stop the thought and the emotion. Here's the thing about thoughts. You can't help what comes in your mind, but you can help how long it stays there. You can't help the birds that fly over your head, but you can help. You can, you can do something about the birds that make a nest in your head. You see the difference? I can't help when a bird flies over my head. It's going to do what it's going to do, but I can make sure that it don't make a nest on top of my head. So you can't help what thoughts come in your mind, but you can help how long they stay there. The more you think about something, the stronger it becomes in your life. Secret sin gets stronger because you are focused on it. Fighting the feeling with never will, will never get you to freedom. If you ignore it, it weakens. You notice how much you don't care about somebody? The more you don't talk about talk to them or talk about them. You ever notice that? Okay. 2 Corinthians 10, verse number 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You got to whip every thought you you have and make it captive to the obedience of Christ. Number 7, I'm going quickly. Enlist one friend to share your struggle. Enlist one friend to share your struggle. Let me clarify this because I want to be very clear. Don't enlist a friend that's struggling just like you. The problem is you are trying to hold people, trying to get people to hold you accountable that have no accountability themselves. How are you gonna help me manage my finances and you borrowing money from me? Are you gonna help me with um, um me not sleeping around and you sleeping around as well i watch this i have to enlist one friend to share your struggle watch this and a lot of us don't like to do this especially in the african-american african-american church and can i tell you something um a lot of times i'm coming to discover this your pastor is not the one that you should enlist you know why because you never tell the truth Listen, I've had enough counseling sessions to know that 95% of what sits in front of me is a lie. It's a pretty story. They don't tell me the the nitty gritty of what they what really happened. Watch this. Revealing your feelings is the beginning of healing. (laughs) Admit where you sin. Admit where you're being tempted. This is deep. I need you to hear this. If, you were, if, if there was more confession of temptation, there would be a, 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 a lot less need of confession of sin. Let me say that one more time. If there was more confession of temptation, there would be a lot less need of confession of sin. Because mo- we are more likely to tell people about our sin than our temptations. So you need to go to that friend before you sin. You need to start early. You need to say to somebody, I'm tempted by this person on my job and I know I don't need to be with them. You need to say to somebody, I'm tempted to feel sorry for myself.